1: about chicken a la king, mango and garbanzo, tabbouleh, potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil, zucchini ziti, granola, fruit yeah. look
0: at all this beautiful food, Guys, welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds, but all I care about is what is in their fridge. My guest today, very good friend, hilarious comedian. Uh, he has numerous hour specials, including his last one, The Mad King. He is the host of Idiot Test on Game Show Network and the podcast Last Week on Earth with Ben Gleeb. He's a news anchor on the Young Turks Network. Please welcome Ben Gleeb. Thank you, Dan. Good to see you and hear you. I'm sure I left out like 10 things because you're one of those guys who's always doing a million things and you're probably fuming with rage now that I didn't mention that you have a line of thank you cards that that you're selling now or some shit.
1: My thank you cards are very popular. You will not be getting one for that intro. (laughs) The only correction to make, though, is Idiot Test is now on Game Show Central, which is like on Pluto TV and Philo TV and all these things. So you can actually still see it there and no longer on Game Show Network or Netflix. So, you know, whatever. I will. I'm. I think you should send me an apology card.
0: <laughs> Are you going to start selling those? Is this how you come up with your yeah. idea for apology cards?
1: Yeah, this is the moment. I will give you 10% as long as you send me a heartfelt one to kick off the business.
0: Hey, man, we used to have the same manager. We can... <laughs> give him one last one last piece of business <laughs> all right we're am gonna share the screen you guys can see Ben's fridge at my Instagram at standup Dan I will say Benjamin for a single man this might be one of the better single man fridges that uh, we've had on green eggs and Dan
1: Wow Wow, I'm honored to hear that. Thank yeah. you very much. I will also say, in 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 not in my defense, this is about as 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 stocked as it ever is. You know what i I, I
0: like the humility. You're adding humility. That's going to get you some extra points too. Um, Thank you. But uh, there are some things in here that I'm like, oh, this guy like knows his stuff. Uh, I'll get into oh, it. Let's just go. Let's go top to bottom. Okay, top. We've got. Uh, coconut water is right in the middle is, is staring us in the face over here yeah. and um, it's uh, it's surrounded by a bunch of cans that are stacked one two on top of each other these all look like things that you that you like are sponsored by Vic nixie what the hell is nixie
1: oh i wish that was true no i wish i it's just a sparkling uh, flavored soda water that i get sparkling water that I get at Whole Foods and two flavors I always get. The best ones are strawberry hibiscus and the peach black tea has caffeine in it. So it's like a quick pick me up on the go and flavored sparkling soda water is what got me off of soda and enables me to live with flavor in my life without adding pounds onto my system.
0: Now you say hibiscus, um, When did that happen Mm -hmm. in your life? Did you have to pass like a certain amount of followers on Instagram to be able to call it hibiscus? Like, did you, was it when you got a blue check mark before you had to pay for them? Like, when you got yours, that you, it it said, oh, also it's not hibiscus anymore. You can call it hibiscus. Is that, does that, does that happen? I'm still waiting for that email.
1: Uh, Hibiscus for sure is a word that I didn't really know about until, maybe until I saw this item on the shelves. I was more of a hibiscus guy, you know what I'm saying? But you,
0: you but you wouldn't pronounce it
1: hibiscus?
0: Hibiscus.
1: No, I'm not I'm not crazy and I don't have a I don't not I'm not angry at the world. Wow. You would say hibiscus?
0: Wow. Yeah, hibiscus. Hibiscus is a very highfalutin way, I believe. I bet you British people pronounce it hibiscus.
1: Hibiscus. No, I bet I bet they would probably say hibiscus. Do you like some hibiscus in your talking <laughs> water? Oh, and uh, just a hint of hibiscus.
0: Um, just a little,
1: little touch, a sprinkle of hibiscus next to your coconut water.
0: <laughs> then you have a couple beers. You got your Heineken, your Tecate. And then you have these also very fun that look like it's, a, it's like a, a sponsor. Uh, Madre
1: Desert Water. Madre Desert Water. They're mezcal drinks, but like healthy mescal drinks. They're like 80 calories each, I think and uh like the one on top there it's like with mushroom and sage mixed with mescal and the other one on the bottom it's like grapefruit and yerba mate. yerba mate or something and uh and they're pretty good i just got a bunch of cases of them from burning man basically because i, I was the first comedian to ever headline burning man this last burn and the camp i did it for pineapple express um pineapple motel sorry pineapple express is a movie and a strain of weed pineapple motel okay. asked me if i could store at my house because they were picking up my e-bike for me They could store a bunch of these tequila drinks that they were sponsored by before we brought it up and they were like feel free and keep a case so i kept you know one or three cases of it um and i just have tons of it in my house i don't drink it often but it is pretty good so i kind of stole it more than they sponsor me there's so much to unpack there
0: so much you just threw like twenty things at me and just kept rolling over. First of all, performing at Burning Man, doing
1: stand up yep. at Burning Man sounds like
0: a nightmare?
1: Or was it great? It was not the easiest gig. A I wasn't sober during the performance. I felt like I should be on the level of everybody else in the mm-hmm. audience.
0: Wait, what drug what what drug were you on? Like all the drugs? I think just
1: some weed. Let's just say weed yeah. and whatever else was okay. in my system. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um a little weed, a little alcohol about it really and it was not the easiest show it was really fun it still went really well it was like a thousand people surrounding me and there were seven art cars in a circle behind them I was in the middle in the round on a like on a Persian rug and it was really surreal very very cool but the thing I did wrong in that first set was I was making fun of people's outfits and their playa names but at Burning Man like everyone's opting into being kind of ridiculous and very extreme. So it's hard to make fun of like very conscious choices. It's better to make fun of things people think they're doing to be normal and cool. And then you point out how it's falling short. So it wasn't as good as normally crowd work uh, goes for me. But then I did a second <laughs> show after the great flood of 20, uh, 2023. And, uh, that second show went way better because I figured out just to stick to like asking people about their, their uh, default world personas.
0: Wait, that is so funny. So it's like Burning Man is this world of like non-cynical kind of free expression, artistic uh, you know, exposé or whatever you want to call it. And you get up there and you're like, "Look at this guy in his
1: fucking uh, dumb hat." yes 100 percent. i mean worse i was like dude this is ridiculous think you're trying a little too hard with your cape there and he's like like i'm literally in the freest place i've ever been in my life and thanks <laughs> <laughs> it was not the most ideal setting for aggressive crowd work that's for sure uh but it worked it worked
0: Uh, That is amazing. Second row in the fridge is your, uh, I'm going to call it the ode to the pickle. A lot of pickled stuff here. We have pickled cucumbers. We have pickled olives. We have uh, something called mother's pucker, which is uh, probably another pickled cucumber situation. A A lot of good fermented foods here.
1: Yeah, thank you for noticing.
0: And while the top row has the 365 Whole Foods brand organic coconut water, On the lower level, you put the Kirkland Signature Organic Coconut Water.
1: (laughs) That's correct. Yeah, I like a Costco knockoff brand to be on a lower tier just so it knows its place. I think that that's important.
0: It's next to the palm juice, and palm juice is a very, uh, that's very bougie.
1: It is. That palm juice, though, I'll tell you the the honest facts about it. I had a house sitter taking care of my dog about a year ago, and they bought that huge palm juice. And I haven't drank it because I feel like it's not mine is it even good anymore, and it's a huge bottle. And I don't know why I keep it in there if I'm not going to drink it, so you should probably chuck mm. that. And then the Mother Puckers are delicious pickles I discovered recently, but that's an empty bottle of Mother's Puckers that I keep in the fridge because I thought maybe I would use the pickle juice as like a pickleback or maybe a touch of that added into the martini olive juice into a dirty martini. And I didn't Mm. do it. So I ended up throwing that out.
0: Yeah, I have a jar of pickle juice in my fridge that I always say, if I make a sandwich, it'll be a fun little topping on the sandwich. And I will absolutely never do that.
1: Right, right. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing.
0: It's so aspirational, the bottle of empty pickle juice.
1: Yeah, that's why we—that's why we do it. And I'm glad you phrased it that way because until you called it aspirational, it felt kind of uh, homeless to me. And like, I really should not have it there. I'm embarrassed. Sometimes I even would keep a, a empty—I bar, I mean, a jar of pickled juice on the counter, exposed out, because I figure it's fermented, and it's not going bad. But then you really look like, like you got, like you don't have your stuff in order. And so I put it in the fridge, and people don't question it as much. Like you, even a food expert didn't notice that there's no pickles in there.
0: But I will say. It's good to have in there because when someone does ask you about it, you can say, oh, I'm one of those people. Because I want to be one of those people. I imagine like Martha Stewart does it. I imagine, uh, you know, Nigella Lawson. Uh, I imagine Ina Garten. They all have a jar of pickle juice that they use on, you know, oh, when you're making deviled eggs, you want to just add a little bit of pickle juice and it's going to really oomph it up. But I'm never going to do it. But I want to be the person who talks about it to people.
1: Yeah, same, but 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 I think in a lot of the scenario, I don't know who the two of the names you said are, but Martha Stewart, I do imagine she would probably say, what you want to do is add some pickle juice to the sandwich, go and buy a fresh jar of pickles, drain it immediately, and bring me pickle juice raw. I don't think she's saving it. She's like getting her pickle guy to take care of it. I just
0: want to say to my listeners, um, yes, Ben Glebe does not know who Nigella Lawson and Ina Gardner are. And uh, he's been getting a lot of hate on social media um, Mm -hmm. and being called a lot of really awful names. And I think that you guys should pile on to it, add on to it, get on there.
1: Food-based hate would be a nice, refreshing break from the kind of hate I've been getting. So I do appreciate any hate coming my way that is food-based. It would be a great palate cleanser, pun intended. Yeah. I hosted an event with Martha Stewart by the way and she was very nice and she was like more chill and funnier than I expected. Like I thought she'd be pretty prissy and she was not. She was pretty she was pretty chill.
0: Here's the thing. I feel like Martha Stewart's beginning part of her career was the serious I'm starting an empire, you know, King Joffrey, just everyone must listen or they will die. But then like after she went to jail and she came out, she seemed to like have a second act.
1: Yeah, I guess prison does kind of lighten you up as a person. And, you know, like, what do you have to, what imagery are you maintaining after that, I suppose. That's a good point. But also, I love that the only king you can come up with was King Joffrey from Coming to America. I love it. that that's the king that you go to.
0: First of all, I was doing King Joffrey from Game of Thrones.
1: Wasn't it also King Joffrey in Coming to America? Is
0: it? No, was it Jafar? <laughs> no, Jafar is the Lion King. Or Aladdin? I
1: think it was Joffy Jafar or something. I don't know. And I think we're
0: probably just uh, on the borderline of sounding racist or something. I'm worried about it already. More hate mail. There we go. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> actually, I'm going to throw you some hate mail for a couple things you do on this level of your fridge, which is you have a lot okay. of peanut butter in the fridge, which does not have to be in the fridge. You can actually leave that out of the fridge.
1: Wrong. So wrong. It must be in the fridge. Not that you have to, but if you want it to taste good i'm a guy i cannot handle peanut butter if it is in the least bit soft i need it like almost like frozen like so i need i can only buy the brands i buy very organic peanut butter that has no sugar added that's just peanuts and like oil or whatever and and i need it to be like you take a spoon and it like barely moves i want to like chunk into it like hard ice cream and once it gets saw, and if you have it on countertop you're talking very you're you're in the soft game here you're in a real soft what are you like in your 90s why do you want soft peanut butter
0: okay I didn't know this was turning into a debate but if you would like yeah. to
1: enter the fucking lion's den I'm ready King Joffrey bring it up I'm Joffy Jafar I'm working at McDowell's let's go be- yeah, be
0: my guest. Okay, so you're telling me you get the organic stuff, which I get as well, which doesn't have any stabilizers or anything. So when you put that shit in the fridge, it literally turns into a hockey puck. If you want to s- spread that on any bread or a cracker, it will break anything in its way. It's going to be like that ball in Indiana Jones, the rock that is rolling down. It will just destroy anything that comes in front of it. Your bread is going to be is going to turn into to croutons. Uh, y- y- there's you can't do anything with that. What are you just gonna? You're gonna eat it yourself, and then it goes down like a solid piece, like you're a boa constrictor. Boa constrictor eating a, a mouse or something, like just swallowing it whole. No,
1: everything I like you've, to everything you said. No, go ahead. I mean, set spin it to your part in the end. But there's so much. There's so many insults there. I need to immediately respond to. But go ahead.
0: No, no, no. I will jump off. Uh, before even hitting you with the climax. Okay, I'm gonna pull out. I'm going to pull out and I'm
1: going to let you finish first. I'm very uncomfortable with that analogy. I um, would like to first mention you, you said like a hockey puck. I, I literally have a hockey puck right here. So you think I have any issue with that? I'll chomp tr- tr- right into this damn thing. It's softer than you expect. It's kind of got a rubbery consistency, number one. Number two... Um, I don't spread the peanut butter
0: on anything. Oh, what was that cough? What was that cough? Do you have a ball of peanut butter in your esophagus? Is that what that cough was? Is that what that was?
1: No, I just chewed on a rubber hockey puck. <laughs> I kind of messed up my system a little bit. I think you were, you were there for that, right? And so yes. I I don't eat carbs. I don't own bread. I don't spread it on anything. I just have spoons. Sometimes I'm in a rush. I need a little bit of protein, a little bit of carbs. And so I'll go, I'll go two or three spoons of this organic peanut butter, hard AF and, uh, my mouth chews it and warms a little bit in there. And so it doesn't go down hard like the boulder in, in Indiana Jones. It does get chewed, but I enjoy the experience of it. Like ice cream also, when you eat ice cream, it doesn't go down frozen at, like it was. But I like the initial flavors and, and feelings in my mouth to be really solid and together. And I think you know that. And I, If you want to apologize now before saying your climax, that'd be better. First of all,
0: ice cream is the worst example you
1: could bring up to support
0: your argument because ice cream... As soon as it hits the heat, the body heat of the mouth, which is at ninety eight point seven degrees, automatically it starts to melt and it starts to coat like a like a cashmere throw on your tongue. Not fucking peanut butter. Peanut butter hard. You have to, you're chewing into it like it's a like it's a piece of cement that's like almost fully solidified and you're just like grinding at it to 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 turn into salty bits that you can swallow no my friend no my friend
1: you are wrong on this one no everything you said is So like you're living in another reality first of all i like my ice cream so hard and so frozen that when i'm chewing it even after several bites it's still pretty frozen it's just easier to swallow it's not melted by any stretch and that's why you got to get the right peanut butter i used to go maranatha organic which is there on the left but for some reason i can't get the actual peanut butter anymore now they only sell on amazon peanut butter spread by maranatha and it's not as good so i'm trying to find a replacement right now santa cruz or that one in the back i can't remember the name of it uh santa cruz one is chunky i've never done chunky before i recently did chunky i'm actually not against it so much but the one behind it i wish i knew the name is actually better and i'm enjoying it um a lot and it's pretty close to the maranatha experience and then i do share it with my dog uh henry we share peanut butter together it's a bonding experience but it, it 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 chews and melts just fine enough to swallow. It's not a difficult swallowing experience. I just like the consistency of it being more put together. I'm not trying to put creamy in my mouth unless that's like the real goal, you know? I
0: think this is an example of something that they like to call the narcissism of small differences, okay? Let's pull out a little bit here. You and I, again, another pull out reference. If we pull back a (laughs) little bit, you and I are both 100% into all natural peanut butter automatically that puts us in a one percentile. Everyone else wants the shit with the sweeteners and the this that. You and I are in the same true. place in there. I've have, I've have debated true. that so many times. I've 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 tried. I've literally debated that on a food podcast that was about debating foods about the or the the all natural stuff versus the ones with the sugar and the added stuff. So I think let's put our differences of temperature aside. We are basically on the same team. I think you're just getting, you know, you've been doing a lot, too much of this news coverage, and it's just turning your brain into just super yeah. combat mode.
1: And yeah, listen, I, I love this place of peace you've 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 brought us to, and. I am very good at debating, and I will just point out uh, one of the ways I I win debates is with moments like you're about to experience right now. I would like to point out that I simply expressed my feelings about the peanut butter, and then you said, you want to go debate? I want to bring the wrath down on you like the king in Game of Thrones. You ready for this? And you said a bunch of attacks. You came right at me real hard. That peanut butter. I was simply on my heels defending my choices, defending myself. And then when I did that, you realized my points were so good. You then said, Can we just love each other, bro? I made it seem like I was the aggressor, which is really play but hit that back 30 button a couple times, y'all, and you tell me who was the aggressor.
0: Well, whoever is going to hit that back 30, uh, you are going to learn that Dan has the editing tools. And I will cut out the part where I said, (laughs) (laughs) let's debate this. And it's just going to start with you with a full throttle defense while I'm just like sitting here. Poor little me.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Dan does editing (laughs) tricks. Uh, I'm going to slip that in a few more times just so people are aware
0: of what you do. Can I also get us out of this by giving you another huge compliment? um uh, in your fridge i don't know if this is you i don't know if this was a gift but you have a bottle of one of uh the more interesting one of my favorite uh italian natural wines which is alessandro viola and uh a wonderful producer out of italy making very interesting cool natural wines i'm not a big natural wine guy but i do think that their stuff is actually really cool um is that was that one of your purchases or was that a gift
1: I like that you see something classy and delicate and rare in my fridge and you have to immediately for the first time question whether it was a gift. Um, uh, I've I've found Alessandra to be one of the most delicate. Fine, it was a gift. I'd never have tried it. I'm wondering if it's still in my fridge and I will try it if I haven't regifted it already.
0: So it was a gift.
1: It was a gift, yeah. So I was right to
0: assume that you're not classy enough to have come up. Yeah, that doesn't mean it's do not offensive. That doesn't mean it's not offensive just because you're correct. Uh, now, this, I bet, is your own thing. This is a, a an $8 bottle of Prosecco. Uh, the
1: La Marca. <laughs> it's $16. It's $16. <laughs> but yes, that is my, that was my own purchase. I was dating a girl. That was her favorite Prosecco, and she'd me to have that in the fridge, and so I do what I can. Also, you're bypassing my oat milk, but are you an oat milk guy? That's by far my favorite alternate milk.
0: Oh, you know what? Guys, thank God we're living in a time of the world where we're making milk out of fucking Oats, okay? You know what oats are? Oats are cardboard. Oats are are negative liquid. And somehow we've decided that we need to make a milk out of this. Cure for cancer? I'm sensing
1: a no. I'm sensing a no. No.
0: Solution to climate change? Not yet. Make milk out of oats? All hands on deck. It is a fucking Manhattan project. There have been two Manhattan projects. One to make the atomic bomb and one to create fucking Oatly. Christopher Nolan is making a movie out of it thank god that you are one of those wonderful people supporting big oat actually i don't mind oat milk i kind of like oat milk i'm not against it i don't know <laughs> I...
1: that you kind of <laughs> like it i also would like to let your listeners know that you're sending yourself celebratory balloons during your speech about <laughs> oat milk i wasn't doing anything i don't know why that was happening there were balloons coming up wow I guess it's just god agrees with with you god or whoever owns zoom and uh yeah, I find oat milk to be creamy and much better in coffee. It's what I use it for. I just use it for for my lattes that I just made. I'm currently drinking one right now. Um, do you, Are you an alternate milk guy or a regular milk guy?
0: No, I drink milk out of a cow's udder like God intended for a calf.
1: Okay, I only did that today from this latte because they ran out of milk like I told you off air and had to go into a subway and buy a child-sized milk so I could make it in my frother you also are skipping over my a1 sauce so I just need to go on the record on this podcast and say it's the greatest sauce to ever be invented it's amazing on steak and you're also skipping over my swiss cheese which I just have to I have a couple other cheeses there but no cheese on earth will ever compare to swiss it's incredible it's the best cheese bold
0: statement two two very bold statements yeah um, do you know what's the what the secret sauce is in a one? What is the secret ingredient That makes it so delicious? I don't know. anchovy anchovies. Is that true? Yeah, a one is an oh, anchovy based sauce whose precursors go back to England, and the precursor from that one goes back to ancient Rome, um which they had like a anchovy fish sauce called garum. And then uh, the precursor of that goes to, like, Asian fish sauces. Like, fish sauce is this very interesting thing that has kind of made its way into so many different cultures. And the American version of that is A1 Worcestershire
1: sauce. Wow, Um, You know, I've had to deal with a lot of slings and arrows during this podcast so far today. But I feel like I've learned a fun fact that is so helpful that I forgive you for all of the past. I never would have thought that there's fish in a steak sauce and i can see it i can picture it i can taste it i like a1 maybe a little bit less now but i will never abandon it i go to fancy steakhouses i'm like i get some a1 and they're offended and i don't care and they usually don't have it and they have like a jr sauce like fake a1 it's bullshit oh you want to try our c2 sauce dude just buy the a1 have it in the back for people like me
0: yeah no i'm not i'm not a a1 hater i like a1 i do think that um, you shouldn't shy away from the fact that there's anchovies in it, and anchovy is not like any other fish. Because when anchovy melts into a sauce, it doesn't quite taste fishy. It just tastes like umami-ish. So, like you know, think about like a like a Caesar salad dressing, delicious, and anchovies are what makes that. Or like a lot of the base of like red pasta sauce, a lot of anchovies in the base of that. It gives it a an an amazing umami that is not too fishy. So so. Even if you're not a fish person, you'd be
1: into anchovies. Okay, you also said umami. Kind of weird, I gotta be honest with you. And then also, um, (laughs) are you a great cook, Dan? You must be a great cook, the way you know about what comes in the sauces. Ooh, mommy. (laughs) (laughs) I knew I shouldn't have said that because I knew you were going to do that.
0: It's my food porn network. Ooh, mommy. Yeah, I love cooking. I cook a lot. I do cook a lot. Never cooked for me, Dan. A lot of Italians are going to take umbrage with your claim a lot of the, a lot of people are are holding up their big block of parmesan cheese right now and they're saying this this is the ultimate cheese
1: um swiss cheese i could do without though. i could do without parmesan cheese entirely to be honest with you really i mean i like it okay if it's like actually like in a block and you can have bites of it i don't love it shredded i will do it on pasta occasionally if i'm desperate definitely hate it very much when it's like in the powder form that you shake it out of that cheap parmesan situation that's just oh
0: interesting because a lot of people are a lot of people don't like having uh like a bite of parmesan cheese because it's super salty and um you know it can be a little dry and astringent to some people but that's interesting that you'd vie for that before having the shaved because to me shaving it on anything is just delicious
1: yeah i've heard that about you this is the part of the podcast where you admit that swiss (laughs) cheese is the best flavor or when does that happen
0: I'm gonna say Swiss cheese for simple palates. Yes, I could see if you had a simple, oh, wow. uh, childish palate. Yes, yeah, Swiss cheese is a fucking great cheese.
1: It's a great. I have liked it since childhood. Simple. I will admit that, but always loved it since. But it just doesn't doesn't compare. Look, I love, I appreciate every cheese. I want you to know I have a sophisticated palate, but it just doesn't satisfy me the way Swiss cheese does. And I'm if I if that makes me unsophisticated, then my God, I'm 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 the I'm the kid from Flowers for Algernon. You know what I mean.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm okay with that i'm not I'm not gonna hate you for that. I'm telling you there's two reasons why I barb. One is you're a comedian, and I do that with comedians on this show. but two is almost out of jealousy like this is one of the better single dude fridges. It's way better than my single dude fridge.
1: thank you wow so i'm just this is all just to make me feel feel better. I'm bringing you down oh that makes me feel so much better as long as I know that it's because. I am better than you in some way. I'm f- totally cool to keep them arrows coming, baby. Okay, I will. Oh, you
0: got fucking Ben and Jerry's doggy fucking ice cream, you fucking loser!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do have the love of a great dog. I'm so sorry. I didn't know Ben and Jerry's makes dog ice cream. Yeah, well, now you know. I mean, now you do know. Actually, you you do know because you're looking at it.
0: Yeah, I mean, the freezer solid, very good. A lot of good
1: smoothie stuff. I'm assuming. Yep, yep. No, I've not um, been making them yet, but I'm trying to get into making them. I've made one so far, very successful. I'd like to dive back in. Instead, what I just did was last night opened that frozen mangoes and frozen strawberries and just ate cup after cup of it. And I told myself I would just have one cup, and then I went back and back. The strawberries were not as good as the mangoes, so I ended up going all mango in my subsequent rounds. But, you know, you do what you do. So to. you just ate frozen fruit? Straight up, yeah.
0: You just ate frozen fruit. I mean, if
1: that throws you off, this next thing is going to really throw you off, but I'll tell you my family secret. I don't know if it's on a top shelf. You might've just skimmed over because an unfettered eye you see right there and above that is frozen peas. You see that bag is like half open. You know why? You know what I was taught as a child to do? And I do it everywhere. I even brought a, a freezer into my Burning Man shift pod tent with me and had, this with, had frozen peas with me. I pour a cup of frozen peas and drink slash eat it like ice cream. It's like... It's like bonbons or Dippin' Dots. It's a healthy, relatively low-calorie sweet treat, and it's incredible. Share that with my dog Henry Horse as well. Tell me you've done it. If not, will you try it? Do you understand how it could be amazing? It is. I can drink a whole cup and then go back for another cup.
0: So, like a green, the green bean just popping it frozen. No, not beans. Peas. Sweet green peas. Oh, Green Peas. I mean, I'm not mad at that. I've never done it. You have to I could do see it. that being
1: good. You could do a whole mug and just straight up drink it and be like, and it goes like, and they just like pour into your mouth like little balls of heaven. I promise you I will try that. I'm not, I'm not mad at that idea. Thank you. It's really nice. It's a nice dessert that kind of gets you by. Some people join Greenpeace and some people drink Green Peas. Oh, boy. Oh, boy.
0: Um, well, again... Great, great, uh, great fridge. Very impressive. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah. You're going to get a good score. Wait, how long have we been recording for? We've been on for about more than a half hour. You know, normally people's fridges take about 10 minutes. Really? And we took 34 minutes in the fridge. Wow. Is a testament to your wonderful fridge?
1: It was a testament to our riffing ability and, and the fact that we had to have a couple of drag out fights to just kind of get to the bottom of some peanut butter based issues. <laughs> That's true.
0: You know, it's funny. I always say comedians' fridges are hard to read because a, a lot of comedians have very full fridges, meaning that they're doing really well. A lot of comedians have very empty fridges, meaning that they're doing very well and they're on the road all the time, so they never have food mm. in the fridge. Yeah, yeah.
1: Which one are you, Ben Glebe? <laughs> um Well, my fridge was full, so I'm not on the road a lot anymore. I was I was touring for 15 straight years, and I've taking the last couple of years off the road, almost completely, uh, very rare. Maybe I'll go do a corporate or a weekend if it falls in my lap, but I've been LA based for the first time in forever for the last couple of years. And I enjoy it. I'm doing a lot of virtual shows with my virtual club, Nowhere Comedy. I've been doing gigs around LA and uh, just kind of trying a different tact in life. You know,
0: I like you used to tour like insanity as well but I was doing colleges. But I think it's good to do it that way because then staying in one place really feels like you're on vacation.
1: 100%, yeah. I really like being home more. I started doing that because my girlfriend at the time, she was quite frustrated how much I would be gone. And then the pandemic hit and then she ended up not really liking me being home that much and we broke up and I decided I like being home. So it was kind of a nice progression.
0: Yeah. If you're listening to this ex-girlfriend, I just want you to know... You're missing out. He has a wonderful fridge.
1: It's a comfortable home to be in. I mean, it's crazy you said that because not to dive too deep into this, but that fridge specifically is a big part of why we broke up.
0: What? Oh my God. This is the podcast for you. You have to tell us.
1: <laughs> I mean, we just had like a terrible fight. Our worst fight ever was over that, that fridge. And and so I had a different fridge. This is my home. I bought it a long time ago. And then she moved in and we were living together for like three years. We were actually engaged at the time. We are no longer engaged mm-hmm. or speaking to each other. The fridge ruined it all. Um, so I really shared a lot of trauma with you that you uncovered because you you're just kind of intuitive like that, Dan. And you kind of got right to my right to my bottom. I didn't mean that to be an innuendo at all.
0: I a lot of people said that I'm the friggy Oprah.
1: That's correct. Yeah. And you get right to their bottoms. Yes. So I had a fridge that stopped working. And at the time, however, you have to understand some key facts. I would love to hear your ruling once you hear all the facts, Dan. So in my office, just to the side here, I have a second fridge. I have a little fridge right here. I got a mini fridge but it's not even a tiny mini fridge see the red one in the corner
0: yes it's like one of those retro little mini fridges
1: cute yes exactly but it's pretty big i mean you can hold a fair amount in that and at the time we were on a meal delivery plan trying to lose weight so we literally were not cooking and literally did not need to keep anything in the fridge except these pre-made meals and all of our pre-made meals barely but they would fit in this mini fridge from each week's delivery. So there was currently no rush for us to get the fridge fixed because we literally would be tempting and bad for us to have other food in the fridge. And so the fridge was broken, but you know, I guess she occasionally wanted like to make little extra things or whatever. And she wanted me to get a new fridge immediately, but I have house insurance that would cover like the appliances in my house. And I was trying to get the company that's real nightmare company, first American, they dropped me because of all of this. And it took like, a month. It was like fighting every day with these people. Maybe not a month, but like two, three weeks. Many calls, like probably like seven, eight, nine, like screaming, cussing calls, like horrible customer service, transfer me, sir, we can't. We're transferring you to another department that can maybe approve a thing. And she was like, just let's buy a fridge already. And I'm like, they're covering it. We don't need it. I'm doing it this way. And I finally made a breakthrough. I had like an hour long fight with these people on the phone. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure they're about to approve the money. The next morning she uh tells me in the car, she's like, I'll tell you something. I bought a fridge. I went to Costco, I bought a new fridge, and uh, you can pay me for half of it if you want or whatever, but like I just needed to solve this already. And I was like, Hell no. I just thought you're like under you didn't tell me if you want, if you were at a breaking point, I would have totally listened and been open to it if you said to me, uh I want to get the fridge resolved. I'm at a breaking point, please. Are you cool with that? But to go and buy an appliance, I didn't look at it. I didn't approve the vibe of it. I'm a little particular about details like that. I don't know what fridge you're buying. You're just going and buying some fridge that's going to live in the kitchen forever. And I did maybe demand that she return the fridge. She'd already also then called my insurance company and got the new fridge covered. And I'm like, please call them, tell them you did not buy the fridge. We're returning it and return the fridge i will not accept this fridge and so she did but she was very very mad about it and i did then get them to issue a check to pay for most of the new fridge got a new fridge we did it in a rush i did not want to make an extra big deal and got a fridge that's too big which is why it's so filled and uh i think she never recovered we never recovered as a couple from this fridge fiasco um i felt like i needed to be uh part of the decision of what fridge replaces that fridge we could have talked it out right you went, made the executive decision, and I'm no longer engaged, and I'm on the market. lady slide into the DMs, and DMs are open. What do you think, Dan?
0: Yeah, I think your DMs are going to be pretty empty <laughs> after that story, Ben. <laughs> uh, if Ben's ex is listening, I just want to say, you're in a better place. You're in a better place. Oh, you son of a bitch. First of all, you know what's really funny? As someone who was also engaged and is now disengaged, I feel like whenever we tell our side of the story of something, of the thing that like ruined the relationship, you know, there's that expression, there's your way, there's her way, and then there's the truth. And in the way that we tell it is usually in a way that it's almost impossible for people to not be on our side. (laughs) (laughs) The way you told that? I think everyone is screaming in their cars listening to this episode. It didn't sound great coming out as I told it either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh my god. I get it. I get it, but uh, no, I think that's on you, man. I mean, you know, but this is this is this is later in life Dan saying this cuz I am also very very stubborn about getting getting what I getting justice when it comes to you know let's say getting money from an insurance company uh getting exactly the right thing Mm -hmm. which i need to do research for and this and that Mm -hmm. but i'm also like now i'm at a place where if something's gonna cost a couple thousand dollars and get rid of a huge problem i think it's just worth doing it and not
1: but you're not taking into account two things
0: wait hold on what i'm saying is ladies what i'm saying is ladies a couple thousand dollars is nothing for me i'm also single and my dms are also open
1: then I have a feeling that after so overtly trying to turn my pain into a chance for you to, to get laid, your DMs are going to be very empty. Mine's at Ben Glebe on Instagram. And if you're looking for a man who's grown from his fridge things but also doesn't flaunt his money around like that, but does have a lot now because we're not stuck in that pandemic time when money was tight, hit up at Ben Glebe on the DMs.
0: Ladies, he's got so much money, he can buy a fridge that is too big for his kitchen. That's the kind of money we're talking about, okay? If you want a man who spends his money like that,
1: then yeah, please, by all means. Uh, Ladies, if you want a man who can afford a a guitar so fancy it floats in the air, you go to Dan Padute.
0: There's no video for this, unfortunately, but I have a I do have a guitar that's attached to the wall that you can see.
1: Oh, it's on the wall. Um, okay, well that's less impressive, ladies. I'm my DMs on. are open. Hold on, it's at Ben Glebe. B e n g l i e b. No e i b, you son of a bitch. E i b. My biggest pet peeve in the world. Even though, if, ladies, if you make that mistake, I'm super chill about it, and uh, I <laughs> want you to know that uh, I'm I don't I'm, I'm so 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 relaxed. But I feel like you're undervaluing the fact that we were on the meal program, Dan, and we had a mini fridge that was holding our food needs. Are you not? Because then it just seemed like she was undermining me for no reason. Like, like she literally just made a decision without consulting her partner. Like you don't undermine either way. You don't undermine your partner's agency in like you're going to be stuck with that fridge for 10 years. Like why would we not discuss it? Why would we not agree together?
0: I'll tell you what, I honestly think, and this is me, this is, this is, I'm putting my serious hat on now. I think that for her, she was seeing this thing, this fridge thing completely overtake her fiance's life. She thought, saw it seeping into every part of her life. Comics, we're crazy, dude. We're obsessive people. You, so I, I'm like, I'm, I, I totally see where you're coming from. And I'm like that too. And I think <laughs> that for normal people, they see that for civilians and they're like, wait, why? There's This is such undue stress, why I can take care of this. But for us, we see that as a slight, and we see it as undercutting, like you said. So I understand that. But for her, it was probably just like, it was becoming the main, it was becoming what the relationship was about, and she didn't want that anymore. She wanted the relationship to be about
1: her, and about both of you, not about the fridge. Um I get so. that part. I do agree with that, but still, shouldn't the next step have been her talking to me and saying i feel like this our, fridge is becoming our relationship it's becoming too big of a problem i would really like to address it now and solve it are you cool with me going to costco tomorrow and buying one you can come or not or whatever i'll pay for it or not probably
0: or yes you're right but let me ask you this and i need uh, as a truth serum in your veins I need you to put yourself back in that era. I need you to put yourself back in that time. The rage that you were feeling, the way that you were like, I need to do this. this nothing can get in my way. And this girl comes up to you and nicely says, this can't go on anymore. We're going. I'm going to Costco tomorrow. You can be a part of this or not. Um, we're getting a new fridge. You would not have flipped your fucking shit and said No. We're doing. Uh, we're. I'm almost there. We're at the one yard line.
1: Listen, if you're gonna make good points, I will walk off this podcast. <laughs> uh, no, I. I will. I will honestly answer that. I. My response. I think it was at close. It was horrible for both of us. And I knew it was creating a lot of strain. Yeah. My answer, though, would have been: We, I understand what you're saying. I respect it. We are on the one yard line. Can we please wait just 24 more hours? Because I really think they're about to issue the check. If they don't by the end of tomorrow, I will go with you to Costco and we'll get a fridge. That's what I think we would have said. Yeah. And it would have been resolved. I think so. I would have asked for that one more day good. for sure, because we were very close. That would have been we did good. get that check. But
0: man, I wish I wish I had an insurance company sponsor right now. This would have been the best ad of like, you, this is why you need to go to Geico. <laughs> What if your girl left you for the insurance company? Have you thought that? Maybe that's what happened. Because the insurance company broke up with you. She broke up with you. I don't know. They're
1: probably in Tiwatanejo on the beach. I'm actually going there in two weeks, so I will look. But I will say this: I'm a different person now. A couple years later, I'm a calmer man. I'm more rational. I definitely see that I think there's plenty of things she did wrong. There's definitely plenty of things I did wrong. Plus, recounting the story right now also makes me re-realize it and your, you know, perspective of it. Um, I would not, in the, in my more evolved way that you said you are now too, I would not have made such a thing about the fridge, but I was just in it. You know, I was in it. This
0: started off as a fridge podcast. And I never thought that it would turn into fridge therapy like it did today. Mm-hmm. But we should start this. You know how, like back in the day, with when like sitcoms would have like a serious one, like a, <laughs> like, a, <laughs> like, a, like a like a on a very special different strokes. Yep, that was a creepy one too. <laughs> this is a very special Green Eggs and Dan. Okay, Johnny Morgan, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Very good. Okay, you are my only British friend that I have. Okay. And my question to you is, how do you pronounce? The word H-I-B-I-S-C-U-S.
1: Hibiscus.
0: You don't say hibiscus? No, hibiscus. Who says hibiscus? I don't know. I don't think you're very hibiscus? I would say Americans are saying hibiscus. Oh my God, I got this all turned around. I thought Brits say hibiscus and Americans say hibiscus.
1: Maybe I'm saying hibiscus. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, Hibiscus.
0: Can you conference in a British friend who's very British and we do this again? Because you've been in America too long. You've been in America too long.
1: It's two in the morning in England. So, or whatever, they're going to be upset.
0: Do you have an English friend in America that we can call?
1: Uh,
0: No. Go. Surely we can. You can. We can Google YouTube. Hold on. I'm going to call my friend who's from Australia. That might be close enough.
1: Yes, because they're, they're awake.
0: Okay. Hold on. Hey Dan. I've got Charles and I have Johnny. Two people. One is from Britain and one is from Australia. That's the one. Yeah, Charles. I feel like this is a trap. It's not a trap. The question is, how do you pronounce the word? H I B I S C U S. Hibiscus. You say hibiscus. Does no one say hibiscus? Oh, only idiots. Do. Oh.
1: You <laughs> <laughs> <Who> say hibiscus.
0: <laughs> only idiots. My guest Ben Glebe, who's American, was fucking saying hibiscus like he was the queen, and even the queen didn't say hibiscus.
1: No, it's definitely hibiscus, I'm right. There.
0: Definitely. Hibiscus
1: okay. okay. We'll say biscuits. Mm. Getting hibiscus. <laughs>
0: That's funny. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, You can go back to uh, the Commonwealth, and uh, I appreciate you both. (laughs) (laughs) See you later. All right. Bye. (laughs) All right. Hibiscus it is. Okay. Let's get to some fun questions that will bring it back up out of this... Pit of, pit of despair that we found ourselves in starting with what is your earliest food memory
1: wow uh just how much i loved gerber baby hot dogs and there are these little mini like cocktail wiener size hot dogs that come in a can so much so that up until about three years ago i was still buying them occasionally and about once a year i'd eat gerber baby hot dogs
0: No way. I've never even, I never knew Gerber made hot dogs.
1: Yeah, there's little like white kind of slimy living in water in a little can. And I, about three years ago, I stopped because they started to make me feel a little ill. I think once you hit 40, you can't keep eating baby food till through your late 30s. It's fine.
0: You're telling me that mini white sausages that come in some sort of a chloroform uh, jar are not good for you? Huh. I would have never thought that.
1: Yeah, I know it's shocking, but
0: if you think about it, it's true. What is your death row meal? Let's think of a reason that you are on death row. Okay. Let's say um, the day after uh, your fiancé and you got to wake up, God. you get a call from First American, <laughs> and they're like, oh, Mr. Glebe, yeah, we messed up. Actually, you had the type of policy... We should have given you that new fridge the day that you called us. We thought you had a different policy. It's our bad. And you were like, our bad. And you get in your car, you go to the offices, and you just fucking Columbine that place.
1: I like, I'm like. i so glad that we brought it back up.
0: <laughs> You're on death row. What is your death row meal?
1: <laughs> My death row meal, an enormous steak. I'd like two kinds of steak. I would like, like a New York steak. Maybe and a prime rib. I want that prime rib mm. dipped in lots of horseradish, both the horseradish and the horseradish sauce. I want the New York steak dipped in A1 sauce freely. I would like like about six or seven ice cream flavors, like some Baskin-Robbins, mint and chip. I'd like uh, chocolate chip from Thrifty, could uh, coconut pineapple from Thrifty. I also would like banana ice cream from the any of the best, most organic banana ice cream plates you can find, or worst case... Cold Stone. If they can't hook it up, you know the state's about to kill me, and they really should look harder. Yeah, I would like a couple of eggs. I would like a delicious salad, like very fresh salad, and I would like maybe an In-N-Out burger, but like hot, like a like a like a like a chef making it, like a cook making it right there, because In-N-Out drops off fast. It's good live, but it drops off fast. And then yeah. maybe like a couple like chicken soft tacos from Taco Bell. Whoa. And then uh, I would like sushi, lots of sashimi, just lots. I don't want the rice. I don't need the carbs. I don't need to put on any weight. (laughs) But a lot of sashimi, a lot of salmon sashimi. Okay.
0: I'm not the warden at this prison, but it feels to me like you've lost the plot a little bit. Okay. I think you're just naming all your favorite foods from forever, like all the time. And that's not how it goes at this prison. That is how it goes. I let you get away with a New York strip steak and a ribeye. And I was like, okay, we'll let that slide. And then suddenly it went to five flavors of ice cream. And then we went, br- brought it back from five flavors of ice cream to salad. And then you just started naming foods. Like, are you just like Kaiser Sozeing this? Like, do I, is there like a list of foods on a wall that you're just like reading? You went to tacos? No, this is what my meal would be. Me. You don't think I'm going to eat all this?
1: I'm going to eat all of it.
0: I, I feel like there's a supermarket across the street from you right now that you're just looking into with binoculars and just naming shit.
1: No, I might also. And, uh... It's not true. These are all like what I would legitimately order. I would also like like a like a street hot dog with like those grilled onions, fresh made, like with one of those street hot dog cards right next to my cell. They could pass it through if they're not. They don't trust me to open the cell. But I really would like all of that. I mean, I actually have a stand a bit about this because people. This, this is not too elaborate of a meal. I mean, people on their last meals have this kind of crazy meal, like they eat crazy. And my my whole is bit about true? it is that. I, Oh yeah, they always print it in the paper and it's like a nine course meal of all the things the person loves. It's crazy wow. how big the meal is. And then my my uh, joke about it is that I just think it's hilarious that as the government is literally putting to death these like depraved psychopaths, sociologically, sociological mastermind twisted individuals as they're being put to death by the state, 100% of times they are sitting there about to be killed, and their last thought on earth is, I really don't feel good. My stomach is... I right. I, I overdid it. I overdid it. I died. i did not need that second steak. It was probably too much. Uh, diet starts tomorrow. <laughs> oh, actually, it is. It, yeah, is. it might be the one time. It <laughs> here, it's a here comes the hangman. I guess it is. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best high-end meal that you've ever had? Oof. Best high-end meal. I mean, I've had a lot of great ones, but I will... One time I was very stoned in Rosarito, Mexico. My best friend and I were alone in this fancy restaurant. It just happened to be completely empty. There was like five tuxedoed servers that were just serving us. It was lobster. It was lobster bisque. It was all variations of lobster. An amazing table-made Caesar salad. It was an incredible meal, but I will say it might even have been a prime rib involved in that meal, I think. Um, being stoned really helped, but also just a, a couple weeks ago I was in – the old city of Akko in Israel. It's this amazing city that where Muslims and Jews live together and coexist, you know, very peaceably and all together. And it's like a great model for, I think for the world. And I went to this famous restaurant called Uri Uribori's fish house or whatever. Uri restaurant is like a legend, this long bearded guy. And he made us directly the world's best little shot glass full of truffle mushroom soup. And, the best salmon sashimi dish I ever had in my life. It was salmon sashimi with wasabi gelato on top of it. And every bite, wow. the wasabi would melt, the gelato would melt wasabi flavor into your mouth with the salmon, and it was just bonkers good.
0: I, I've heard of this guy. I'm actually looking at the pictures of him, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy. I've, I think I've seen him on some food show. But yeah, that's a very, very famous joint that he's got.
1: Yeah, it was very good. Not It was not overrated whatsoever. Um, What is the best low-end meal you've ever had? This
0: can be a street taco, a hot dog.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's probably just drunken nights, late night, like stumbling into a Taco Bell and ordering way too many things, or it probably is street hot dogs. I often will have two. If I'm like, it's the right night, mm. I'll have two back-to-back. You got the extra mustard on it, all the saboyas, and I like two of them, bacon-wrapped. I mean, they, I don't actually need it bacon-wrapped. I, I go one bacon-wrapped, one not.
0: Um, I was, The next question is, what's your favorite drunk food? Which I think we answered it. We did
1: answer that. I think we answered that. Uh, favorite hangover cure? Um, I like to go and get... I think the best is like fried chicken and waffles with Bloody Marys.
0: Whoa. You know, it's funny. I can't get down with the fried chicken and waffles. For some reason, the
1: sweetness... And the chicken, I'm not into it. Like the, I don't uh, go same bite. I don't go same bite, but I like that you get both. And I, I go mm. waffle bites, and then I go chicken bites. Anything to kind of soak it up, but you also need the lipids from that chicken, you know what I'm saying? Yo, you need those chicken lipids, dog. Also, side note, important to know, best, best coleslaw in the world is KFC coleslaw.
0: Whoa. I don't know that I feel like arguing that, because I don't really have any other counters to that. Mm-hmm. But I must try it then. All right, I'll give it to you. Oh, it's like chopped and crunchy and mm mm. I rarely get KFC, but whenever I get it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is the best bite of food that is uh, like in that's humanly possible. Yeah, and then an hour later you feel horrible and you regret every decision you've made. Doesn't matter. That's why it's a good death row meal. There ain't no hour later. (laughs) True that. What's your favorite dessert? This is a new question that we're workshopping, by the way. I like that. I like that a lot. I'm, I'm
1: your test case here.
0: Can I tell you this is the second time we're doing it? And the first one was um, in Erin Darling's episode, and she said Twizzlers, to which point I was like, oh, maybe this question's not going to work because people don't know how to answer what's my favorite dessert. Twizzlers? No,
1: that's a terrible anyways. answer. My favorite dessert, banana uh, flambe or cherries jubilee. I like when they <laughs> set it on fire
0: whoa i'm sorry that's not where i thought we were going you just took a trip to the 80s
1: and i'm here for it hot tub time machine let's go and then also at the uh harrah's harvey's uh steakhouse that i think is now closed they also would make this like table side coffee dessert with like ice cream on the coffee and they would like set it on fire and like put like gold shards on it and like sprint the coffee down the side of the ice cream that's pretty good too i like a flaming dessert yeah you like a show you like yeah. a show with your dessert.
0: I'm into that. Yeah, you like a little yeah. flair. I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, but also Twizzlers, you know, delicious.
0: <laughs> Twizzlers. Who the fuck says Twizzlers to what's your favorite dessert? Twizzlers? Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. Again, if your answer was something bonkers like that, I'd be like, okay, I have to just take this question off. For some Look, me- for some reason, people's brains don't work when you ask them what's your favorite dessert. Dude, I dated
1: Aaron Darling for a minute. We, we-, we dated for a second, and... Wait, is this true? This is true. This is why it ended. It was, we just couldn't get on the same page as far as desserts. (laughs) For like a quick minute, like she's a lovely human, we're still friends, but, you know, we weren't long for the game, relationship-wise. Let me tell you something. I might have,
0: you know, um, empathized a little more with your ex in the fridge story, but with this one, no, man, you were right. How can you be with a woman whose favorite dessert is fucking Twizzlers? Thank you. Just kidding. Aaron, you're like a really nice person. I, I just met her recently. She's
1: very sweet. She's very sweet. You're really great, Aaron. And congrats on your on your marriage. I know you just got married. It's really exciting.
0: Really exciting. Um, Could have been me if you get better taste in dessert, but it's fine. Who's your favorite celebrity food personality?
1: Martha Stewart. That's a good one. Not many people say Martha Stewart. Yeah, I think she's my favorite. I also do. I, I, I do like Gordon Ramsay. Martha Stewart and Gordon Ramsay, two sides of a very different coin. Yeah, actually no
0: similar coin cuz uh, you know what's funny? I think that they're like a little bit polar opposites. I think Gordon Ramsay in real life is really really nice, and then his persona is just a mean asshole. I think Martha Stewart in real life is like a real ballbuster. And the only reason I say that is like it's impossible to have an empire like that and not kind of be a little bit of a ballbuster. But then her persona on TV is like, I'm, you know, I'm kind of the every woman. Who lives in you know um, Greenwich, Connecticut or whatever?
1: Yeah, when I worked with her, she was nice, but she was a little. I could see the ballbuster tendencies for sure. She like did kind of come at me on a on a thing or two. One of them even somewhat publicly. Like I started singing the national anthem to her. It was a Super Bowl event we hosted together. I started singing. I was singing it badly on purpose, but she thought I was like that's the best I could sing, and. She like in front of everybody was like, ooh, like, what is this? Made a face. And then like the gag was that a whole like marching band came, or like a whole choir rather came out and sang it with us and she was quite pleased with that moment and understood what was happening. But she was not afraid to like throw me under the bus singing wise.
0: A little bit of uh King Joffrey from coming to America.
1: No, he's it's from Game of, It's from Game of Thrones. Right, right, right. All right, Desert Island food. You're
0: trapped on a desert island. One food you're going to eat for the rest of your life. You will never, ever get tired of it. What
1: is it? Sushi. That's a good one. What's yours? Any specific. Mine is pizza. Very basic of you. I would go um, salmon, salmon, sushi. I would say salmon, sashimi, but I figured for Desert Island, I might want some carbs in there. So I would go salmon, I would go salmon, sushi. Truffle, truffle, salmon, nigiri. Yes. Wow. Ooh, the island
0: suddenly got a little bit more bougie. Suddenly, we're on St. Bart's, apparently.
1: You're dumb. Right. Me and Martha Stewart are, are shipwrecked together, making love to each other, drinking sushi <laughs> off of each other's bodies. Drinking sushi. We have two more questions. Is there a food that you can't stand eating? a food that I can't stand eating that I do still eat, or do I avoid it now? You avoid it. Uh, I think like ch- chicken liver, like, like, Liver, I don't like much. I mean, I sometimes like the taste is so weird. I occasionally like to indulge, like a bite or two, and kind of suffer through it. But I don't like it.
0: And then, what is the weird food that you still do eat that you can't stand eating? Because <laughs> you did ask that I'm still eating or that I don't
1: mm-hmm. eat. Like I don't so... like sprouts, but I eat them a lot. I don't like, um, I don't like bread, but I do it. You know, mm. I do it sometimes.
0: You like bread. You just don't like, you feel guilty eating bread.
1: Well, like, I don't like wheat bread particularly, yet I choose it because I think the others are so unhealthy. So whenever I eat bread, it's just generally wheat bread, and then I, like, don't enjoy it. So I may as well have better bread. I'd much rather have a challah bread or or just even white bread, but I don't.
0: Well, hold on. Fucking A. I don't want to go on another tangent, but why, what about, like, a good, like, piece of sourdough bread? Like... A tartine, uh, like a nice, good, bougie
1: piece of bread. I like a piece of sourdough bread. If it's warm and I got some butter on it, maybe a little bit of sea salt, sure, then I like it a lot.
0: This, this is the first time in history someone like doesn't like bread, but they're like forcing themselves to eat it like it's spinach.
1: <laughs> I also do like bread a lot when it's dipped in balsamic vinegar, I won't grant you that.
0: Bread is the most. It's like the most fundamental food that we have. It's so delicious.
1: Reading is fundamental. Bread, I feel like, is more like, like you don't you don't need it. I've lost weight by not eating yeah. carbs, but I I'd I'd probably rather keep bread and lose pasta, but I'd rather keep pasta and lose rice. Keep pasta, lose rice.
0: Okay, but bread is number one.
1: I I, I like bread the most out of those three. Except I do like a spaghetti bolognese. I think I need to reevaluate my opinions on this. We should move on
0: yeah really last question my favorite question and i feel like you're gonna come in hot on this
1: what is or what are your restaurant pet peeves oh boy i do not like when you ask for lemon wedges or lemon slices and they just intentionally ignore it and never bring it and you have to ask four times i feel like it's their little rebellions for not really loving their job as a server and like thinking it's superfluous to ask so it's one thing that they can like avoid bringing that's frustrating to me
0: wow hyper specific
1: Yeah, there's that. I don't like the social pressure to put uh, uh, the the cloth napkin on your lap. I usually don't do it. I just don't spill. I'll sit close to the table if I have to, but it's just I'm a guy and my legs spread open and then it always falls on the ground. I'm just picking up a a napkin from the ground all meal long. I realize you could probably (laughs) tuck it or something. I've never tucked it. I probably should learn to move how to tuck it so it doesn't fall, but it just keeps falling. So where do you put the napkin? Where's the napkin? I'll put it, i keep it on the table and I'll use it to like, you know, clean up my hands occasionally or, or, or my mouth. So you just
0: leave it table side. Leave it table side. Yeah. Can I give you a suggestion? Please. I want to change your life. I want to not make you look like an un- uncultured brute at dinner. Thank you. What you should do, take the napkin, which is a square, okay? Instead of putting it like this is the square, then there's the two top sides, two bottom sides. Instead of taking the two top sides and then putting it on your lap like that. Go for the corners, diagonal, and then cross it at the at the hypotenuse, if you will. That way you have a much longer thing, and then it, it's like a triangle, right? So you have a long base here, triangles in. This way it's longer. You can put on your legs, and it won't fall in between the cracks because it goes a lot longer on the legs. That's actually how I do my napkins. I do go triangle. It still falls. Could you not have stopped me while I was, like, dying to, like, No, you were, like, you to to explain were like that? making
1: Fibonacci circles. Like, that, that was, like... <laughs> You were getting hypotenuse. You could have just said turn into a triangle. Like it could have been two words. You were like so elaborately explaining how to turn a, a square into a triangle. We all know how to turn a <laughs> square into a triangle. You just fold it diagonally. My God. I was enjoying seeing you paint that beautiful picture that I knew did not work. Does your napkin never fall on the ground? No, not really. Wow! Um, you I don't, don't t- tuck it. Do you? Do you tuck it inside your belt or something, or in your pants? No,
0: no. But I'm not sitting like I'm at a fucking rodeo with my legs like you know, uh, you know, at at 180 degrees with my dick just spilling out. I sit like I'm. P- like, I'm sitting at a piano almost. Like it's your legs. decision.
1: That's your decision. I mean, so I feel like it's when you sit at pianos, you're also hitting those like foot pedals, and they, it would really make a napkin fall. So I feel like it's a false analogy. I sit when I'm at a restaurant, I'm, I'm paying for a fancy meal. I'm like King Jaffy Jafar out there. I want them to come bring me like a lion over my shoulder that I am eating the body of during the meal. I want to really go all out. I hope that this
0: spurns you and I to write some sort of animated series called King King Jaffy Jafar, the fake king, who's both from Game of Thrones, uh, Aladdin land, and uh, also Queens, New York, from
1: Coming to America. I think it should be called Coming to to, to, to the Thrones. (laughs) Coming to the Thrones via Riyadh, because of the the Aladdin part. The Aladdin part that you just added, but I do know why you're adding it, I get it. And then I also, I I think the, the tag like the famous lines from the movie should be, the famous line should be, winter is coming. Yes! Fuck you too! Don't look now, it gets better. I mean, it's just kind of all those lines back to back.
0: <laughs> oh, Ben Gleeb, So much fun as I knew this would be. Ben
1: Glebe, tell the
0: people where they can find you. You can find
1: me uh, peering into my fridge looking for the answers. Um, you can my also ex- follow... <laughs> you can follow me on instagram <laughs> at ben glebe or same on x and all the things uh, my website bengleeb.com. you can subscribe to my podcast last week on earth where i kind of summarize the world and or just rant on whatever's on my mind sometimes with guests usually not and uh yeah occasionally anchoring the news on the young turks and watch my special the mad king on youtube or my special neurotic gangster on amazon prime links to all of that is in my instagram bio. And
0: again just so that we're clear, it's G L E I B. You're Damn right. I've been Gleeb. G L E I B unless you're trying to get into those DMs, in which case it is G L I I E I B with a
1: with an accent ague on the end of it. And every time you message Dan on Instagram, you better not say anything personal. It's always a bot or his assistant replying, so don't ask him out ever. <laughs>